This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. My name is Stephen Garcia. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Papaya King. And what I love about retail is all the surprises. There are iconic brands whose customers not only expect, but demand that brand not change. When you think of New York institutions, legendary Frankfurter and tropical juice restaurant chain Papaya King and their neon sign very well come to mind. For 86 years, this retail business has kept a following, been featured in movies, TV, and print, and has remained a part of the cultural fabric that makes New York, New York. So how do you stay true to the brand you've always been while being mindful and smart about what tomorrow's consumers need with an eye on health and saving the planet? Coming up, Stephen Garcia, the COO of Papaya King, shares how the business is getting ready for the next 86 years by implementing an overhaul of its offerings, enlarging its footprint, and heading down the path of franchising, all while keeping the loyalty of their patrons intact and how his own need to rethink what he eats has inspired the path forward. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Chris Hansen from Ignition One, here with my co-host, Rebecca Fitz from Warby Parker. And we'd like to welcome uh, Stephen to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So New York is a fairly food-obsessed city. And for those outside of New York, I'm just curious. You know, we have pizza, we have bagels, and we have hot dogs. We do. So, you know, in a city where we've had Ray's, original Ray's, famous Ray's, famous original Ray's, original famous Ray's for pizza... (laughs) Tell me about the papayas, because I think anyone outside New York would go, Papaya King, how does that associate with hot dogs? And there's been a few papaya hot dog uh, restaurants in the history of uh, New yes, York. Many that have come and gone. It does dilute our brand because people don't understand that, you know, even though we're the original, there's a lot of imitators out there. We started in 1932 strictly as a, as a juice and smoothie store on the corner of 86th and 3rd Avenue. By 1934, they added hot dogs, and then the next competitor started in 73. After that, uh, another really like low-level competitor started somewhere in the 90s, and then there's a few other scatterings around, but most of them have come and gone. Interesting. Yeah, it's just I know as a kid, just coming to New York, and there's a couple of brands that you associate with that experience, and... I remember going the first time and getting a pina colada and a hot dog. And, and that idea of those two combinations together, which seems so odd, very, <laughs> very yes. odd. but yet then have this nostalgia. And, and as I've gotten older of mm-hmm. like, you have a hot dog and you want this really tropical <laughs> drink. I, 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 it's something so New York. Um, but you're right. I mean, I guess for me growing up, like, I don't know if I separated the brands. It was just... Right. Some sort of so that that challenge, like how how do you how do you overcome that? No, that's a big challenge, and it happens all the time. I mean, we could be 
taking orders at the register and I hear someone on the phone saying, hey, honey, I'm at XYZ Papaya. And I scream out, it's Papaya King, damn it, you know? And so uh, it's frustrating, but you get past it because you, we have the diehard fans, um, people that know the difference, people that would only come to our stores uh, as opposed to any of the competitors. And the reviews show it. You know, when people try something that's not quite us, they know. You can't, you can't fool yeah. New Yorkers, especially with their hot dogs. You know, we're not a dirty water dog. Right. I was just going to bring that up because Mm -hmm. I think those are like the dichotomies. You're either going to go to the real, you know, Papaya King or you're going to get a dirty water, you know. Correct. Is there any history, just total curious digression a little bit about why they added hot dogs? Okay. Good question. So, you know, so (laughs) we're just, it needs to make sense to Mm -hmm. us. (laughs) So Papaya King, the original one, is in the heart of Yorkville, which predominantly was a German neighborhood back in the 30s. So Gus Poulos, the Greek immigrant that started Papaya King, was dating a German woman. She brought him hot dogs f- for lunch. One of the good customers came in. Gus, I'm hungry. Hey, we don't sell food, he says. Because, but what are you eating? So there, that's how it started. Wow. Five cents is... for the hot dog. He sold him his lunch. That's yeah. an urban. Five cents for the tropical drink. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's a great urban story. Right. It's it's just interesting to me. Like I feel like we're in in a point in history. I don't know if it's just food related, but nostalgia is playing a huge part in sort of branding for some some companies. And I, I that story is kind of an amazing, very New York, very sort of immigrant type food story. Just mixing, you know, a Greek owner to a location in New York that was mainly German to something tropical? I mean, it's just like that that mesh. I mean, is that something that yeah. you guys are playing on for the future of the company? Well, for sure. And when I got on board, actually just last September, it was something I was looking at and looking at the history of the company and realizing that, you know, we have these signs that say Hawaiian tropical drinks. And that was the original name of Papaya King. And so I go, wow, you know, with this juice craze going on, it's not even a craze, it's just a lifestyle now. I said, let's get back to our roots. You know, and being this iconic New York City brand where, you know, we've been on the opening credits of Saturday Night Live. We're in multiple movies. We have one of the oldest neon signs in New York City. People come sometimes just for that. So we're a heritage brand, right? So how do we connect to the new consumer? Because I have to tell you, we have the diehard fans, they come in in their wheelchairs, their walkers, their canes. Their doctors are telling them, you know, their their blood pressure is high, their cholesterol is high, their blood sugar is high. But guess what? Let me have one hot dog and a little papaya, you know. So, but they're older now, you know. These are kids that were there in the 40s, you know. So. You don't necessarily want that to be your only customer base. Exactly. So, So we've been making some changes just to stay relevant to the new community that's out there. And it's working. Talk to us it's, about some of those changes, because I, I think it's really, I don't want to say it's such a hard thing to do, but how it happens, and probably you have a plan, and it may change along the way, or maybe already has. I, when I saw the name Papaya King, I was like, oh, this is like a legacy brand, like Hush Puppies, who yeah. you know reinvented itself as well. And I don't know if you guys need to go that far, but mm-hmm. it is interesting. Well, you know, so rebranding is one of the, the key topics at, at, at the company. And again, I don't like to go too far from the roots. And although we were Hawaiian tropical drinks, I don't believe that that's relevant to this new rebranding. 
But what is, is that once we were named Papaya King, and that's another story. So a famous baseball player used to come in all the time and talk with Gus and eat like 12 hot dogs at a time. And he kept calling Gus, hey, you're the king of papayas. You're the papaya king. So somewhere in the 40s, they changed the name to Papaya King. I hope it was a New York Yankee. <laughs> it might have been Babe. Babe yeah, I yeah. That's I what had a feeling. Legend, I just said 12 hot dogs. Yeah, I know. I was maybe. like, why hold out on yeah, the name? Legend, legend <laughs> has it that it's, it's uh, you know, I can't confirm that, but yeah. it's right. in some of our, you know, in our dossier. Of, uh, yeah, like exactly. It. It's Papaya King lore. That's for sure. So... We have this symbol of a guy wearing a crown, holding a, a hot dog and a drink in one hand, you know, in each hand. And it just doesn't, I don't seem to connect with it. And I'm born and raised in that neighborhood. I mean, that ever since I could eat, my mom would take my brother and I to get Papaya King and go to the movies on 86th Street and 3rd, which was, uh, you know, mind blowing that this has all come full circle that I'm part owner and, and running this company now and growing it. In the sign, it says Papaya King, the king of all drinks. So going back to the juicing and smoothie, and that's all they ever sold, I think that connects more with people nowadays, with juice, smoothie, healthier things. And I think, you know, I find ourselves in a great position where, you know, you're still coming in there for meat and dairy products and fried, right? Those people are looking to make small changes. Someone has said to them, you might have to start eating a little healthier, what about your fruits and vegetables? Maybe their doctor said something, a loved one, a mom, a dad, whoever. And so when we started this this juice program, it's a real cold pressed, all fruit and juice. That's it. No water added. It's a it's a masticating slow juicer at low RPM. So you get out all of the nutrients, you get fiber pulp put back in, uh, but at a very fine level. So it's you wouldn't say it's pulpy. And people are ordering it. You know, we're doing seven fifty for two hot dogs and a tropical drink, and these juices are eight dollars. And some people walk out with four, five, six juices sure. to take home for the week. Well, and I love that you guys just talked about, you know, Chris, you have children and so cutting out carbs is not that easy and they probably would love a hot dog right now. <laughs> But that you can go in with them and maybe have something that I would love a hot dog. Right <laughs> I would I mean, love I, a hot dog I, right yeah. now. Let's not kid <laughs> ourselves. Um, but that you know you can go in and that you can have something healthy. And I don't think it's necessarily even older people. I mean, we're you know. You know what people ask? What's your demographic for selling hot dogs? And I always yeah. say, if you have a mouth, <laughs> if you have a mouth, you're our customer because basically people. Eat hot dogs. Yeah. As unhealthy as it may seem right. and all the reports on don't eat processed meats and foods and hot dogs and deli meats, it doesn't matter. People yeah. love their hot dogs. It's all American. Uh, it's a great fix, you yeah. know, quick fix, especially, you know, at our stores where it, it's always ready. Yeah. You know, it's a very short wait. You're in, you're out, and you're having one of the best hot dogs, I think, in the world. And that's not just me saying it. I'm, you know, I'm, there's a lot of quotes out there of I'm saying a fan. That I, I am too. I'm a fan, especially because I feel like there are there's been a watering down of a lot of what makes New York food New York food. The bagel is not even in New York. It's hard to get a good, good bagel pizza. It's really hard to get good pizza these days. And I think a hot dog too. We're talking about dirty water hot dogs in New York, which are emblematic of food culture mm -hmm. here. And most of them aren't, you know, what you would think of when we were growing up, or at least I was growing up, coming to New York. So, one, I think that's that's the challenge is 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 continuing to talk about that the 
the quality, the difference, and then to speak to this new audience. And my kids, I always bring up my kids, uh, but it's that that new generation has. Well, one, I think they do actually have a connection to nostalgia, more so than I would have expected from what their generation has been painted as. Number one, number two. I don't think the things that we took as being important culturally are as important to them. So there's this weird sort of like they believe in nostalgia, but their tastes are slightly different from ours. They don't look at fast food the way that we do. Oh, absolutely not. Well, speaking of, so I have a 22-year-old daughter and a 20, almost four-year-old niece. And, you know, I go to them, right? Those are my millennials that I can turn to for information. Uh, both are in the industry and food and beverage. And I go, what speaks to you? Like, what do I what do I do over here in 86? This was early on last year. And they definitely said the nostalgia, keeping it authentic and making the rebrand something where keeping it real, yeah. you know, so they could still connect. They love the black and white, the, the history of the store, but with having healthier options as well, because they're not going to McDonald's and Burger yeah. King. You know, that's this generation is not doing that. They're more like anti that type of establishment. Yeah, I may be crossing a line here, but I don't want to say I'm a dieter, but you know, we talked about the high protein before we were actually on and all this other stuff. There are the the cheat day where you really want to go for the real thing, or you're really going to hold yourself to the bar and you're not Mm -hmm. going to have that cheat day. So outside of the juice, is there, you know, Impossible Burgers making it onto the market, all those other things? There's been tofu dogs for a long time. Right. Um, do you plan on on touching that's the That's like meat? turkey bacon, tofu dogs. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's... yeah, so, um, you know, you're, you're speaking to someone that is mostly plant-based now. Mm-hmm, I get it. And so, but I have to tell you, it's very hard smelling those hot dogs on the grill all day and not eating them. Because it, it's more of a memory. Yeah. Hot dogs are more of that food where you connect to the first game you went to with your parents, a backyard barbecue. It's always a connection, right? So it's emotional eating instead of I'm hungry and I want food. Mm-hmm. So I've been discussing the plans mm-hmm. <laughs> with a few of the, our, our vendors and adding a real plant-based hot dog, not the rubbery tofu. I don't have fond memories of that. (laughs) Yeah, no. So although we do that for catering and they ask for veggie hot dogs all the time and Mm -hmm. we just, we give them what we get locally, but they're not good. So there have been some plant-based food shows now Mm -hmm. and some new up and coming producers, which I have to tell you, these guys aren't food people. They're all tech companies, right? right? So they're playing around with the pea protein isolate rice isolate you know all these different products and so we're close we're close to adding one of the best hot dogs i've ever tried that will be plant-based yeah wow. and we do want to add a, a plant-based burger because uh where we are there's really not much other than a 12 to 15 dollar plant-based burger and that's not affordable to most yeah. people mm-hmm. so i want to hit the mark where you can come in and get like a four or five dollar plant-based burger with fries and a drink for seven, you know, like just hit the mark, right? Seven fifty, eight dollars lunch. You know, we're on some platforms where it makes it more affordable if you do a, a, it's called Meal Pal. 
So that's um, are you guys a part of that? Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, we've added that. We've added all kinds of technology and and different platforms, and we take credit cards now after eighty seven years. Wow. Yeah. So so big big, big, big moves. Big uh, moves. Big moves at Papaya King. Let me tell you, we're plant based uh-huh. uh, delivery yeah. and. Uh, I, I love also you're talking about the value because I think people, particularly New Yorkers, you get to a point where you. Four dollars for a croissant is not expensive anymore. You've got the blinders mm-hmm. on. You live here. You work here, and that you know people. I don't know if they've gone. I think they probably go for the nostalgia, but also mm-hmm. that they know that they can take a family of five or their three kids and two other kids, and they're not going to break the bank. Exactly. So it's nice you're you're sticking to that. You know what? So New York City um, is an expensive place, but you could also find the least expensive meals around, like ninety nine cent pizza. You know, that's we live in the, the era of 99 cent pizza. We do. It feeds people. You yeah. know, is it great? Eh, you know, right. but when I mean, you're hungry and you have change right. in your pocket, you could have lunch. Absolutely. All right. So I don't want to take us too far from that. However, I would like to then add gourmet items. Nice. That's something where, you know, really higher end toppings, a better bun. I formerly I, I got into food because I, I I started my own hot dog company in 2011, and it was based strictly on high end toppings, and you're paying six seven dollars for a hot dog. Well, we have a tradition at the show mm-hmm. that involves a snack, and this yes. one's pretty exciting. So I, I mean, I think <laughs> should we dial it down? I, I or think, are we really? I think our expectations are set pretty high, right? So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm actually very curious okay. as to. All right. So what snack I, you I, get it I was hoping for a pina colada, but uh, well, let me tell you, um, <laughs> I don't at, see that in your computer at bag. 9 at nine a.m., there were you know there was no hot dogs being made, and uh, nor could I bring them. But I brought the Whoa, second best cooler thing, for... cooler, and so I have all of our cold pressed juices. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow! So talk I am about healthy. So impressed. So, and I'll take you through the uh, the rundown here. So we have a purple. This looks like a Skittles. You have a purple, <laughs> an orange, and a green. Yep. So tell us about... Okay, so when I got to Papaya King, I'd already been juicing for quite some time. I lived by the green juice. You know, very low sugar. The only thing sweet in here is a green apple, which is a very low glycemic fruit. So I started with this. You know, people love the green juice, right? But our customers like sweet pina colada, papaya, mango. So we've added just a little bit more green green apple to this one to increase the sweetness of the flavor profile. But it is a real green juice with kale, spinach, celery, cucumber, green apple, and lemon. You either love or hate ginger, so we left the ginger out so we could <laughs> appeal say, to more. Ginger is really polarizing. The green juice with <laughs> yeah. ginger. Uh-huh. I put a pound of ginger in mine, but nice. in this one, there's, there's none. So... And then second on the lineup, let's say this uh, this purple-looking one. Guessing there's some beets in there. This is uh, the flavor profile. I like to call it a beet lemonade. So it's red apple, beets, lemons, and a little celery cucumber for the volume because you always need the, the, the liquid portion of that. And so this is the third best-selling okay. out of the three. And then we have this one I just like to call it candy. <laughs> so it's, it's a 50-50 blend of a cold-pressed orange juice that we have this new state-of-the-art machine and carrots. And then for the kick, it's turmeric and ginger. Uh, so this is our anti-inflammatory. anti-inflammatory that I just, yeah. you know, and it's the best seller. I was going to say that's the best seller. Yeah. Absolutely, because people just love sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so naturally it's sweet, but it's a great anti-inflammatory. 
You know, and this is this is breakfast. You know, yeah. I wake up and the first thing that goes in my body is green juice. Now I I have to ask this, and uh-huh. I grew up. My mom was like organic gardener, mm-hmm. started a food co-op. There's a lot of trickery that goes into getting people to eat well. So it, does it come in this bottle or does it come – because, you know, when I think of having a papaya hot dog, I think of having a cup with the juice and the right. – or do I really get it in this bottle, which is a signal to me that I'm having something healthy, which I might want to cancel out of my mind. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. This is um, – one of the first things I did was uh, I revamped our basement on 86th Street. We tore out the office. We got a new office on the Upper East Side, and I created a juicing station. You know, so we have two juicers that could work at each time. We have the special system underneath to catch all the juice, and then we bottle okay. into these bottles. So we, it isn't a bottle. Yeah. So you know, we're we're actually looking to partner with a, a juice manufacturer because we're really we're selling so many. It's labor intensive, and Absolutely. we can't keep up, especially for the the second store opening up now. But we do. This is our in-house, made on 86th Street, and it comes in this bottle. Okay. And then our logo, to make it appealing to people, we say we've been making healthy taste great since 1932. Oh, that's Very great. nice. Yeah. Plan this all. Yeah. Bridge the gap. Want to try? Yeah. Coming up, you'll hear how an 86-year-old company steps into the future with technology and delivery. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes wherever the best podcasts are found. So, Stephen, you talked about a near century old brand going into the future, taking credit cards. What a what a crazy concept in, in 2019. So technology and, and maybe just Things that exist in 2019 that didn't exist when Papaya King started. I mean, I, I, I noticed you're working with Gold Belly, so right. delivery nationwide seems like a, a, you know an important step. Local delivery that seems to be like commonplace now, at least in New York City. Everyone delivers, and you can get anything delivered at any time. How, how is that playing into the, the strategy? All right, so you know, speaking of the the. Gold Belly, that's – I never knew what it was until I started at Papaya King and it's quite the platform where it's not cheap. If you went on there to see what a half gallon of papaya – Oh, I've ordered from Gold Belly to okay. ship to customers. It's mm-hmm. not cheap. No, not at all. So we we get these orders daily, multiple orders. During the holidays, we, we're literally packing 40, 50 boxes a day to ship out to people. What are you shipping? We're shipping as simple as just just the dogs is one of them, and it's a six pack of frozen Papaya King hot dogs, uh, all the way to the works where you can get a fifty pack with fifty buns, ketchup, mustard, sauerkraut, the New York onions, a hat, a t shirt, and a frozen half gallon or you know two half gallons of frozen papaya or coconut or mango, and it's very expensive, but <laughs> people. They are fans of the brand and they are loyal and they will pay whatever to ship to California. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's nationwide. A concentration to maybe South Florida because a lot of uh, ex-New Yorkers live mm, there. Makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of Papaya King. Local delivery, is that part of the strategy? I know you're expanding locations, but but obviously you have this 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 sort of footprint at 86th Street. Yeah. No, I mean, we've <clears throat> recently added uh, four of the online ordering platforms and it's been great. 
Some are better than others, uh, where the orders just come in daily. And then I mentioned that meal pal, where you get a discounted lunch, but you, you pre-order and it is the special of that day and people just stop in and they wave their phone on like yeah. number 285 Scan or whatever it is. And, and so that's, that's really helped business. And recently on 86th Street, we've had a uh, major chicken sandwich competitor open up like two floors right next to us. And it's kind of hurt business, but... You know, looking at their prices, it's twelve dollars for a lunch, twelve to fifteen dollars at that chicken sandwich, sandwich. place. Hmm. That chicken sandwich place, <laughs> there, which I've never tried. I don't know what the big deal is, but you know, I guess there's a lot of talk about chicken sandwiches right yeah. now. Uh-huh. Does business pick back up on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually. Yeah. Sundays, yeah. Are, Sundays are a great day for us. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. And so. Um, but the technology certainly has helped us. Those platforms, you know, people love to just yeah. press it on their phone, have zero contact and no human contact, yeah. no no language barrier, you know, because touching on that, it was a immigrant that opened it. We have a lot of immigrants that work at Papaya King and very loyal, our longest standing employee, which is our director of operations, is there 22 years. Huh. Yeah, it was his, one of his first jobs when he came to this country. And he he can get better jobs, and he's great at what he does, but he loves working at Papaya King. That's amazing. Yeah, he's a great guy. I feel like there's two kind of opportunities for expansion that, you know, in the food industry now. One is the expansion from delivery where companies just couldn't do it before, but obviously there's platforms that support it. And then there was – the traditional opening up new locations. So it's that, is that the way you guys look at it? Like we have these two avenues of expansion of the customer base, either expanding locations in New York or outside or, you know, expanding delivery opportunity. No, definitely expanding the footprint is, uh, is one of the, the focuses right now. And Rebecca, you know, that retail is not what it used to be. And not at all. Walk on any side street Avenue, main thoroughfare. It doesn't matter where you are. There are multiple empty retail stores. There are vacancies. A lot of vacancies, which helps us because we can negotiate better better terms. And, and again, like maybe living in this New York City bubble, when you think like, oh, we can get 300 square feet for $22,000 a month on a corner. People go, you what? And we go, yeah, no, we got a great deal. It's we don't live in reality here, I guess. Right. Maine and Maine. And it's a bubble that we're in mm-hmm. for sure. You're going to certainly run some yourself how many first of all how many current locations do you have okay so wayne and i took over last september we have two locations now right we made a mistake we opened up an inline store on 40th street and it was like we're invisible we opened up in june we struck a deal with the landlord he uh, evicted a tenant and we are now taking the corner corners corners corner and so it's yeah Times square south Right on 40th Street, and uh, we should be open soon. Excellent. And And then the focus is then maybe expanding the footprint by acquisition and buying out some existing competitors. And then will you go the franchise route? We have been. We've gotten some traction. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've done some of the shows. We have franchise uh, salespeople working Mm -hmm. for us. And we'll see. A lot of people don't know about our expansion towards the healthier foods. They only know about the juice right now. People are a little nervous about just selling meat and dairy. So we're going to have to revamp that plan and show that 
and educate yeah. potential it, franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think what's interesting about franchising also is, you know, we've talked about all this great history. You're really a legacy brand, and then and not releasing it out into the wild, but trusting that someone is going to run a franchise, you know, in the way that you know, and really represent the brand that's that's been out there for so long. Yeah. Um, what I hear that in the past, past ownership, they franchised and they weren't giving the franchises to qualified QSR operators. So if you're not from the QSR world and or if you've never really operated in retail and to think that, oh, well, it's hot dogs. How hard can that be? You know, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, so we've had franchisees out there that weren't qualified and that their stores closed all over the country. Mm -hmm. And so finding a qualified operator from this world, the QSR world, is challenging. You know, because it's the mom and pop guy that wants to open up one. You know, we're looking for a master franchiser somewhere that already has X amount of Dunkin' Donuts and X amount of Chipotle or whatever it may be that knows how to run a business and make it profitable. Because really, at the end of the day, this is all about the bottom line. Yeah. You know, if the numbers aren't there, close your doors. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as we're talking about the future and I'm thinking about this brand that has so much history, even even giving up like franchising, like does the does the neon is would the neon be part of the branding going forward for a franchise? And it, it's almost like the responsibility you have in this uh, heritage brand, as you, as you call it, and it's a perfect way of describing, in my mind, Papaya King, you have to take what makes it heritage and you have to bring it to the future. And the balance of that and the responsibility of that is quite challenging. Mm. So how, how, do you, how do you handle that? In speaking to customers about the changes, you know, and the diehard fans that are from the neighborhood or that drive out of their way to come there, we assure them that we will always maintain the authenticity and the quality and the products that they're, they're coming in for. However, there's going to be a big change. And once, I, you know, I want to do a two-sided menu now. The one says, you know, the meat lovers where you have the traditional hot dogs and you get your papaya uh, with the you know it's it's a dairy drink so it's basically a milkshake, and the other side is going to say you know possibly tree hugger, and they'll have all <laughs> the vegan, uh, plant based items on there. So you'll get the same you know we're working on a on a papaya and coconut champagne and all the different plant based milks out there. So we're experimenting because one thing we want to hold true is the flavor, right? You only go to a certain place for that's the best blah blah blah. You know your best fried rice, wherever you want to go, or they have the best egg roll, they have the best bagel, right? So we want to give that same experience when you drink a plant-based papaya or pina colada or whatever it may be. And so those are the assurances where you're going to always have the Gabilas Kanish. People come in for the Kanishes all the time. They're good. Yeah, yeah. I know and the, the menu was really beyond hot dogs, which is interesting as well. We've been very hot dog focused. Yeah. I, one of the things I love about this and you taking over this business is how much time you spend front of house, it sounds like, and on mm -hmm. the floor. And you've shared a little bit about what you've learned from some of your legacy customers. Mm -hmm. What else have you learned along the way from your customers? And, and just being on the front 
end of, of retail, because I think we talked to a lot of people who are in retail and they're not necessarily always out on the floor. Right. Not that you're always out on the floor, but. Right. I mean, I like your to lab fo- coat. Yeah, yeah, with no, your lab coat, I, I, I should definitely get the, I should definitely get the lab coat. Um, you know, there's nothing better than than that live feedback. You know, and I like to collect it personally, firsthand. You don't lose it, any you know, you don't lose any of the information like the game of telephone, and you know, who who are really going to get to to do these promotions? So you know, I stand out there with when this first started with the trays and handing it out and 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 giving the description and getting the feedback from people. And when I started off saying, you know, what do you like best about retail is the surprises. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, you know, working the counter or just working the floor or outside in, in front of the store promoting. I agree. Um, and there's a lot of talk about data versus I am certainly one not on the data side. Go go to the people, get the straw yeah, poll, yeah. Uh, you know, see what, what's really going it's on. It's grassroots. You know, you yeah. have to get down to the people uh, and their opinions. It's the only thing that matters in retail. You know, we've done some other uh, plant-based hot dog samples. The results weren't that strong because the hot dog wasn't that good. Um, So we didn't proceed forward with that that brand because why have it? Inventory, it's going to sit there and not sell. But to surprise let me tell you, so people are either very sweet and polite (laughs) or you get the complete opposite where – they grew up under a rock somewhere where they walk in, there's no line, they start barking or it's like, wait, hold on, <laughs> hold on. And we don't have security. You know, the other day someone came in and just used the floor as the bathroom. Just, you know, it's like, what do you do? You know, the cops can't get there fast enough. So that's just, hey, surprise. Right. This is now my my new urinal. Like, <laughs> it's just many surprises, but pleasant surprises as well where you get people that, you know, never judge a book by its cover. They come in and you go, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. And it's not. Right. And, you know, you would never think that they would order these juices and they're ordering, like, again, a six pack to take home. That's great. So that's a great surprise. Great. And proof of the concept that Papaya King can sell healthy products to anyone, you know, not just the yoga mom that just dropped off her kid and is now going to spend, you know, a few hours at the gym. Uh, but we get those also. And they bring in their kids after school for, believe it or not, corn dogs and fried Oreos. <laughs> so two, you know, deep fried yeah. products. But that's what kids want. Yeah. And right at three o'clock and we're surrounded by schools, we already know to have X amount of corn dogs ready, French fries, because those are, you know, we have the seasoned curly fry and the, and the Oreos are made to order. They can't sit around. So we, we do quite a few of those. It's so interesting because the brand is about that type of food, but because of the name, because juice has always been a part of it, you, right. you have this ability, I don't want to say pivot, but ability to move in a different direction without feeling inauthentic. Correct. Because we've always had that antiquated yeah. orange juice machine. We've always done carrot, you know, but who just drinks a carrot juice nowadays? Right. Or just an orange juice. Right. So when I got on board, I go, guys, we got to change this up if we want to sell more juice, you know, and the same with the smoothies. I'm like, we have to add like flax seeds and goji berries or, you know, hemp seeds, something with the proteins, not just it's banana, strawberry and pineapple. Right. Okay. I'm not sure who would, I would never order that, you know, and then almond milk or I think the new player uh, and what hits all the uh, checks all the boxes is oat milk. Oat milk. Oh yeah. Oat milk is definitely the one. There's no nut allergy. There's very little tra- flavor transfer. 
So I think oat is the, the new uh, the new milk of choice. Coming up, we'll talk to Stephen personally and get beyond hot dogs. Hi, I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts of Funny People Talking. And the other host is... Danielle Beckman, that's me. That That's the other host. And our producer is Elsie. Say hi, Elsie. Hi. Okay, so you know how I know something's funny? When people laugh. <laughs> Every time they laugh, you know it's funny. So that's the key to knowing when funny people are talking. Because when you say something funny, people laugh. And you know what? On the show, Funny People Talking, people laugh. <laughs> Apparently more to me, Danielle, but you're still very funny. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Check out Funny People Talking. It's a podcast on Mouth Media Network and wherever the best podcasts are found. And it comes out every Monday. I think you'll enjoy it. Me too. Yeah. You know what happens when you enjoy it? You laugh. Steven, you've had two forays into the hot dog space. Connect that to you. How, why? Okay. So in my former life, I was uh, in sales in architectural design community products. I started in 94 selling floor covering, then made my way to commercial furniture, and then into construction services, all for commercial work, hospital, schools, government contract, corporate all those things. And I was sitting at my desk at 2011 going, I just cannot do this one more day. And so I went to the University of Buffalo and they have this famous brand of hot dogs that just dominates Western New York, Salem's Hot Dogs. Interesting. <laughs> Chris yeah. was like, uh-huh. Well, I went to Syracuse and they have Hoffman's, which was yeah. Hides of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So, and so you know, again, every right. city yeah, has regional. regional, their regional tastes and if you grew up there, you love Hoffman's. Yeah. If you grew up in Buffalo or that area, you love Salins. So they started in 1869. So they've been making hot dogs for quite some time, longer than Nathan's and Papaya King. And it's a pork and beef blend. They're called Rippers. Okay. I would bring them home for holidays. And they're summers. not necessarily red, right? Like a lot of them, maybe they are there. But in and no, in central New York, they're not always red. They're right, either right. pink or white. No, they're more pinkish. Yeah, okay. they're not a red hot dog. And so I would bring these hot dogs home for friends and family, barbecues and whatever. And every single time people were like, what is this? This is the best hot dog I've ever had and yada, yada. So natural casing and all that. These, no, a collagen. Okay. Ma- you know, made from yeah, natural yeah, product, yeah. but it's, it's not a sheepskin. Yeah. We use natural casing at Papaya King. So I said, I'm going to start my own gourmet hot dog company. My brother's in the food industry his whole life. So I've worked with him you know, all the several restaurants here in New York, we've always cooked. So it's it's just in the blood. I started in 2011. And again, grassroots, get the opinion of, of everyone in New York City, started street fairs, because I was silly enough to try to get a food truck permit. I was laughed out of, <laughs> yes. out of the office saying it's a 30 year wait, you <laughs> right. could only get this type of permit. So that's what put me in the street fair direction. And, and there so, seems to be a, a food truck popping up every single day. Yeah, well, well, I can tell a, you about that. There's a black market yeah. for the... Uh-huh, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's a whole different All podcast. Right. That's a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I hit the streets um, and I do things differently. I make the booth clean, for example, <laughs> as opposed to the other ones you, you've seen. You know, staff was wearing coordinating uh, uniforms and hats. And I had laminated menus and then paper takeaway menus and an email sign-up list and people handing out if you 
you know, take this coupon, go to the booth, get a free whatever with your purchase. You know, and these were expensive. I would have to fly them in from Buffalo, doing all the prep, getting, you know, like street fairs are the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life, especially with a Saturday, Sunday, back to back. A lot of work to get those things done. However, the response was amazing. When people saw $5 for a hot dog, you know, some of the comments were, I could buy a whole pack of hot dogs for $5. I'm like, well, you're not our customer. Right. And go buy those, you know, disgusting yeah. hot dogs. This, this is a high quality hot dog with, you know, things like a banh mi hot dog or a Peking dog. So everything exactly like you'd have Peking duck, but with this crispy hot dog or a pressed Cuban. So I did a pressed Cuban hot dog with exactly like, you know, you, you'd get like at any Cuban restaurant. So what drove me to do this is it's a recession-proof food, right? 2008 was a disaster. You know, selling office products to anyone was, was challenging. I'm like, okay, how, what can I start? What can I do to you know, make money? And something that's um, scalable. How, you know, can I open one and then open 10 and then open 100? So those, those are the terms in which I think where I don't want one store. I don't want to just make a living. Yeah. I want to make money, right? And so selling inexpensive food to people, people always have money during recessions for a cup of coffee, lunch, a hot dog, right? 99 cent pizza. Recession special. Recession special. <laughs> That's the competitors, yeah. Uh huh. And it says it. Recession says it right yeah, there. They do a good job doing uh, yeah. promoting that. Yeah. I have to say this. I'm fascinated. Although I think this probably, what is the story behind your own nutritional changes? And it, it, you can totally coexist, by the way, in this market. And you're you're kind of proving it with uh -huh. what you're doing now. But where did the dietary change come from? Well, or when I, did it come and uh, why did it come, I guess? Okay. Well, I, I've struggled over the years with uh, gastrointestinal stuff. And so I, during the course of my life, I had to make some changes. And now getting close to the 5-0, which will be very soon, a couple months away from 50, I went vegetarian four years ago. And so I still wasn't feeling great. Cut out the dairy, the snoring and the sleep apnea stopped incredibly at the suggestion of my my girlfriend which is a nutritionist and she says you're fat and you're gonna die and i'm trying to keep you alive <laughs> <laughs> you need to make changes and i said oh thanks honey <laughs> and so yeah i f i feel so much better getting out of out of bed the joints that crack and are stiff i mean that's gone so it's interesting. not yeah, yeah from not eating meat and dairy right and then i've always juiced but never at this level and never at this quality you know, always had like the Jack LaLanne and then the Juice Man mm. Pro and then, you know, whatever those those uh, models were throughout the years until we got this new like Tribest Green Star Pro, which the company is great. The people there are amazing. They sponsor us at the store. Wow. Yeah. They sent us a whole bunch of, you know, things. Uh, it's funny. I live and, with a snore, so I have to repeat that one more time. So you cut yeah, out dairy, the dairy and, and the and meat and meat and mm -hmm. the snoring stuff and eggs, all of that, and the snoring went away. No, no wow. surgery. Wow. I had a scheduled uh, surgery with an ENT, and then after two weeks of of giving up the dairy, it all went away. Yeah. How, how I don't know if I could give up eggs. I have two eggs and two pieces yeah. of turkey bacon every single morning. Yeah. <laughs> I I can think of a the it, it might be the worst place to work if you 
give up meat. I mean, just yeah. there's there's certain smells. You brought this up before with yeah. hot dogs. It's like bacon oh. and hot dogs are the mm-hmm. two things I think because they're meat. They, they're the definition of meat yeah. <laughs> in terms of the smells. Uh-huh. Like the no, the caramelization on the outside of that hot dog <sighs> at at Eighty Sixth Street. It's overwhelming, and I had a breakdown last December, and I ate quite a few because I was just like, you know what? It, it was an emotional, right? E- you know, yeah. reason why I ate them. And you know, when you're not eating meat, and all of a sudden you do eat meat, it's not. It doesn't work out very well. <laughs> so, this, this, so you have yeah. to know that when you're going into this, that yeah. there's right. going to be some right. issues. So this is a weird question to ask a vegetarian. Yeah, grilled or boiled? Oh, I grilled. Know. Okay, gotta go uh, right. Yeah. I mean, like I know the answer to the skin, yeah. uh, natural casing or skinless. Right. No casing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, these are. Yeah. No, it's that's the way to go. If you're gonna do it, it's the way to go. I just like it, it it my my Brooklyn-ness always comes out in, in in certain conversations here. And one is as a Brooklynite who likes food and likes authentic, mm-hmm. like when you ever go to somebody's house and they're they boil hot dogs. Not mm-hmm. I mean I was like talking about a grill, isn't that back using boiling a skinless hot dog that they got from the supermarket? I'm just like, mm. what that is not <laughs> This, this is, is not, not a hot dog. That is, <laughs> that is not food. Like, you have to grill a hot dog with a skin on it. Yeah. Like, that is what it should be. Yeah. That is what it always has been. And I don't know where it went wrong. Right. Uh, you know what? The When I started down this road uh, and I did some research and I named my former company uh, Red's Char Grilled Hot Dogs, one of the original name was Get Your Red Hot. Get Your Red, because it was red hot off the grill. And they then started grabbing the hot dog off of the grill with a piece of bread and handing it to the customer. There you go. Then the birth of the, the actual so hot dog. So what is the right name? Is it is a hot dog, a Frank, a wiener, a red hot? Versus, uh, a, you know, a wiener. Is, you yeah. know, like, uh, listen, you could do all the research you want. It's inconclusive. Right. People have different stories, different names, the where, how, and whys. But, uh, you know, just go with the one you like. I feel like hot dog is the uh, the the generic uh, end all be all the easiest one, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I gotta maybe change it up a little bit. I guess don't call yeah. it a Frank or something. No Frank, hey, throwing it I off. Never knew we do in, in our sign. It just says grill Frankfurters. Uh, you know. Yeah. By the way, I'm relieved to hear that you are not just purely purely, and that every once in a while you allow your body a little bit of a reprieve, or a, the opposite of a reprieve, but that you yeah. you have a cheat day. <laughs> Absolutely, and on vacation, you know, right? Exactly. You got to eat the, keep it up all the yeah. When in Rome, you got to try the local stuff. Right, right. What's the best selling juice? Best selling juice is the uh, the anti inflammatory, the carrot, orange, ginger, turmeric. Traditional papaya king best selling juice. Oh, hands down, it's like a cult following papaya. Okay, great. <laughs> <You> can- <laughs> right answer. Okay. Exactly. Number but one seller. Nice use of cult following, yeah. though. It's the number one special: two hot dogs and a drink. I, I is that the recession fi- special? That's well, that's our special. Yeah. So it's our combo. Yeah. Final thought yeah. on uh, anything having to do with. Grilled meats, vegetarianism, <laughs> retail, um, Stephen. You know, plant-based is where it's at. It's the biggest growing segment of the market. So grilled meats, you know, I don't think they're ever going away, honestly. But something has to happen with factory farming and if you care about our planet and lowering your carbon footprint. Maybe eating less meat for the meat eaters out there. Like just maybe you eat meat every other day. Maybe it's not breakfast, lunch, and dinner that you're eating meat 
or dairy. You know, a lot of people like to say, oh, well, I don't eat meat. I'm just a vegetarian. The dairy industry is horrifying if you ever did any research or watched any documentaries. Same with eggs and chickens and, you know, the horrors that these animals go through. And it's not the slaughtering of them because that's when the pain and torture ends. It's their life from birth until that time where it's just horrifying for them. So I'm a little bit on my plant-based soapbox for the animals, for our health, you know, do it for your health and do it for the planet. You know, which one's most, most important to you? Because when you, you talk to people and why they do it, why they go plant-based or start making those changes, it's for one of those three reasons. Either save the earth, which that just makes sense. You know, let's stop torturing animals and uh, let's get healthy. So that's where I'm at at, at almost 50 years old. I want to age gracefully and not be on medication and surgeries or die prematurely. There's enough out there. Our water, our air, we can't control much of that. But the food we put in our bodies, we have we have those choices. Great. Thank you. So, Stephen, how can people connect with you and or Papaya King? Yeah, uh, you know, go to our website, papayaking.com, or, you know, email me at stepheng at papayaking.com. Great. So thank you, Stephen, for your time. Thank you, audience, for listening. And thank you, Rebecca Fitz, my co-host. Thanks, Chris. Oh, thank you, Chris and Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Great opportunity to uh, get the word out of a Papaya King and what we're doing. And, you know, trying to change the world one piece at a time with the, uh, the plant-based options that are coming up. Very exciting times. Great. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This has been Retail Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.